Good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Emily McGinley. You can talk about me using the pronouns she, her, and hers. I serve as the executive pastor. Many years ago, a friend of mine shared something that sort of blew my mind. She told me how um, one of her math professors in college explained to the class that math isn't real. And this sort of blew my mind. Um, I, as someone who peaked at 10th grade geometry, uh, I felt like I was sort of moving into a beautiful mind territory when she started to talk about this. The idea of all of this under the right circumstances could really lead to some trippy late night conversations. But what this professor, what this professor meant is that math is, well, kind of like science. It's this ongoing guess that we test and we trust in until well, we can't trust it anymore. One plus one equals two, unless proven otherwise. And so it might be a little shocking to you, like it was to me, to realize that math, one of the primary building blocks of civilization and technology, all of the bridges and buildings, combustible engines and airplanes, recipes and roadways, they all hang on an educated guess that just, well, keeps turning out to be right. And so we keep betting on it. And building on it. It's a trip. Now, I know that our God and Science uh, sermon series ended last week, but I couldn't help but think of this math thing as I read our scripture passage for this morning. Throughout his first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul is trying both to call the people out and call them in. They've been changing their faith to fit their lives instead of allowing their lives to be transformed by their faith. In other words, they don't want to change, but they also realize that what they're doing doesn't totally square with what Paul has been teaching them. It was just a lot easier to do a little nip here and a tuck there to, than to actually have to do your own work, right? It's easier to say, develop a doctrine of discovery to justify your brutalization of indigenous people than to maybe like examine where your urge for violent subjugation and domination are coming from. It's a lot more attractive to convince yourself that transporting millions of enslaved humans across the world to build up your wealth is in fact a noble, even faithful act, because then these heathens might become Christians, than to see yourself as a brutal human trafficker who is collaborating in the most egregious forms of depraved capitalism. It's a whole lot easier to convince yourself that there is a completely justifiable, even God-given reason for why I believe what I believe and do what I do. And while the Corinthian church wasn't trafficking people or practicing genocide, Paul could spot false justification and intellectual arrogance from several cubits away. After all, it takes one to know one. And he knew them. He knew their stories. He knew their struggles. He knew that Corinth was a rare city in the empire, one of the very few places where you actually had a chance of moving up in the world. And for most of the folks who moved there, who were formerly enslaved people that had made it out, like most young, scrappy, and hungry folks who were not going to throw away their shot, what this translated to was a compulsion to make the most of every opportunity that came their way, to soak in and soak up all of the possibilities that were available to them. But in their desire to carpe diem and live their best life, they were starting to leave behind the very frameworks that brought them life and purpose. And so in the midst of all of the things that he's addressing about what they're doing, how they're undermining the community that they're building and the faith that they're proclaiming, Paul pauses to talk about resurrection. 
Because you see, there was this growing consensus in the community that while Jesus may have been resurrected, they weren't quite so sure about the resurrection of believers who died. I mean, surely we all know that such things are a little fantastical, a bit wishful thinking, right? Come on now, Jesus rising is, is enough of a stretch. So Paul hears about this and just like zeroes in on it. And it's this that reminded me of that conversation with my friends so long ago, because what Paul is asking them to do is trust in the math. Every believer will be resurrected because Jesus was resurrected. And if you don't believe that Jesus was resurrected, he says, then the whole thing falls apart. Now, I know enough of our folks to know that there might be a bit of squeamishness around the idea of wholeheartedly believing and embracing in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, much less all the believers across space and time. I mean, it sounds like a zombie apocalypse, let's be honest, right? And I know that Paul is going all in on this detail of doctrine, because when is there a time when Paul doesn't go all in on something? The focus for today, though, is less a debate about resurrection and more about math, or at least the math of faith. Everything concrete, solid, measurable, and logical tells us that one plus one equals two. It's not bad math. Like I said earlier, we built up a pretty solid civilization on it, right? I mean, besides all of the people and their issues. But of course, if all you do is follow the concrete, the measurable, and the logical, if you only pay attention to what is in front of you right now, that you can touch, taste, feel, or see, that's all you'll get. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get in where you fit in. And he who dies with the most toys wins. That is the math that most of us grew up observing and learning. And it's true, until it's not. God's equations rarely add up so neatly. God math, as I like to call it, tells us that while one plus one often equals two, sometimes, one plus one equals three. That dead bodies don't always stay dead, and what you see is not all of what you get. Part of what resurrection does is rattle our logic and complicate our foregone conclusions. Tormented people can be restored. Outcasts can find community. Governments are not the final authority, and death does not have the last word. This is not the math that we have built our systems, our structures, or even our lives upon. And that's why God math is necessary, essential even, to us, to every believer and every would-be wannabe believer in the life of faith. God math invites us, tells us, demands of us that we raise our gaze, that we perceive beyond this moment and not just look toward, but also act for a future that more closely reflects God's vision of wholeness of life for all. It was this invitation and this demand that led to the founding of Urban Village Church 10 years ago. Many of you know this story. Some of you are even part of this story. Christian Kuhn and Trey Hall were good friends and colleagues in ministry who felt the Spirit calling them to imagine a different way of doing and being church. They imagined a faith community that boldly proclaimed the gospel and unapologetically pursued inclusion, a movement that was outward facing and experimental, always looking to communicate God's promises in ways that were not only relevant, but compelling and life-giving to folks who had been burned or bored by faith. 
as they launched that first worship service in March of 2010, I'm sure they felt that they were part of something powerful. I'm also pretty sure that they didn't fully know what they were getting into. <laughs> Since that day, there have been hard lessons learned, powerful moments of trans transformation, as well as countless experiences of hope and overwhelming anxiety. There were our few experiences more humbling than earnestly and honestly putting yourself out there to connect with others and pour into people's lives only to find yourself ghosted and even sometimes roasted by the very people that you feel called to care for. But if that was all there is, if one plus one only equaled two, we would not be who we are or where we are as a community today. Like those long genealogi genealogical lists, pretty quickly this bold vision of a Jesus-loving, inclusive community that ignites the city began to beget. Over the years, UVC has attracted dozens of leaders from diverse backgrounds who loved God deeply and were inspired by what, by what we were doing, who came to learn from us and then go on to start their own ministries rooted in God's bold, inclusive, and relevant love. We encountered folks for whom uh, UVC was their last chance church, creating space for their questions and doubts, critiques and wounds, people who in turn then joined in expanding that space for others. We became a chosen family for the people who didn't quite fit and were looking for a place to belong. Throughout this month, and on our social media outlets and other spaces, you'll have an opportunity to share and hear about those folks who have had their lives profoundly impacted by God through UVC. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, rewind to the beginning of this service when Pastor Myron Chris was sharing announcements, check out the latest e-news or just hit me up and I'd be happy to share more with you. But woven throughout all of these lives to celebrate, there have also been plenty of pain points and learning curves along the way that are also worth lifting up. Our commitments have expanded from primarily focusing on LGBTQIA inclusion to a much more intersectional lens, recognizing how the particularities of racism, gender identity, and disability impact our world and shape our questions around what it means to live faithfully. This growth and awareness often comes at a cost, painful or disappointing experiences that folks have had in our community and then the energy and courage that they've had to muster up in order to speak up about it. There's this Greek word that Paul uses throughout his writings, pistis, which often gets translated as faith or belief. But there's another way that this word can also be understood, trust. And when I think about living in God math, while I think of it certainly as a posture of faith, I tend to think of it as an act of trust more than belief. We don't always know what we're doing at UBC <laughs> or if we're doing it right, but we do seek to be faithful and to trust and to trust boldly. Over the last years, we have continually, even if imperfectly, sought to boldly say yes to God and yes to God's vision, to boldly lean in and lean on the equations of abundance that God is inviting us to build with and build on. In doing so, we know that we can confidently and joyfully join our hearts and voices in singing that old Chicago gospel hymn. We've come this far by faith. 
leaning on the Lord, trusting in God's holy word. God's never failed us yet. Oh, can't turn around. We've come this far by faith. As we look back on these last 10 years and across space and time, to see those ancestors of the faith who have walked powerfully in faith trusting in God's holy word. As we have seen them prove God, God's math true in their own stories, our trust can grow even bolder that God math is true, that one plus one can in fact equal three, and that there are even more equations yet to come. Oh, can't turn around. We've come this far by faith. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that you have enabled us to come this far by faith. We thank you for your math, which makes no sense in the world, but all the sense in your world. We ask God that you would help us to be people of deep faith and ongoing trust as we seek to put one foot in front of the other walking faithfully, walking humbly, walking boldly in the knowledge of your love for us and your vision of wholeness of life for all. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. At this point in our service, we have an opportunity to respond in faith through the giving of our financial gifts. And so I invite you, whether uh, it is uh, through writing a check and sending it in, or um, giving electronically to give with generosity and to give with joy, know that you are contributing to a tremendous community that continually seeks to open itself to the leading of the Spirit, to walk boldly and faithfully, trusting in God's math.